Chapter Five of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The First Winter in the Arctic Regions. Lieutenant Perry, who in the previous voyage was only second in command under Captain Ross, had no sooner returned to England then he expressed his dissatisfaction at the results achieved in fact he said that he could not understand why they had returned when they did and he also declared that he was perfectly certain that a northwest passage existed and would not be very hard to find after an interview with lord melville the first lord of the admiralty parry was placed in command of two vessels the heckler and the gripper with instructions to endeavour to discover a northwest passage from the atlantic to the pacific ocean on the fourth of may eighteen nineteen the heckler set sail and was followed next day by the gripper and in little more than a month the two vessels were among the icebergs of the northern seas wishing as far as possible to avoid the great enemy of the arctic explorer parry gave the icebergs a wide berth and made considerable progress along the west coast of greenland here however the enemy could no longer be avoided icebergs became so numerous that from the mast parry counted nearly a hundred of the larger size while smaller ones seemed to be everywhere in the middle of baffin bay the vessels were scarcely able to proceed on account of the floes or ice fields and even assisted by the men hauling at ropes they only made four miles in eleven hours to the great delight of parry however open water was again reached and in one day over eighty whales were seen making all sail the vessels at length reached lancaster sound which parry regarded as the gate to the unknown region of which he was in search the mountains which ross had so graphically described on the previous voyage were now found to be only creations of his imagination for the vessels sailed over the spot where they had been said to stand such rapid progress was now made that the officers and men were filled with excitement and the masts were crowded all day by an eager crowd of watchers so little ice was seen that the explorers really thought that they had at last entered the polar sea which was said to encircle the north pole at midnight the sun shone with the brightness of noonday and the colour of the surrounding waters was the deep blue of the ocean they had now reached the western part of lancaster sound and two islands which they discovered were named leopold islands after prince leopold then the ice once more appeared in such masses that their hopes of an open passage were shaken 
small white whales about twenty feet in length and narwhals called by the sailors sea unicorns were very numerous and afforded some amusement to the men who hunted them in boats unable to proceed farther westward the vessels were turned in a southerly direction and succeeded in entering an inlet which at its narrowest part was only five miles wide and which was named prince regent inlet not wishing to be carried too far to the south parry returned to lancaster sound where he found so much open water that his hopes revived and as the crews were in good health and spirits and the ships well provisioned he determined to prosecute his search although the early winter of the northern regions was fast approaching for some days rapid progress was made new capes islands and inlets were passed in succession to all of which names were given and it was noticed that the farther north the vessels proceeded the compasses became more and more untrustworthy until they were no longer of any use for purposes of navigation at length they saw the coast of a large island which was named melville island in honour of lord melville now there appeared in the sky the first star they had seen which warned them that winter was rapidly approaching and that they could not hope to sail much longer in open water an excursion on land was made but no traces could be found of any inhabitants large numbers of deer however were seen on the fourth of september eighteen nineteen the explorers crossed to their great satisfaction the meridian of one hundred and ten degrees west of greenwich which entitled them to the reward of five thousand pounds offered by the government to such of his majesty's subjects as might succeed in reaching that distant point their success was celebrated by such festivities as they could command under the circumstances and a headland which they passed on that day was named bounty cape before settling down for the winter parry decided to proceed still farther west and as the nights were now very dark the vessels were made fast to an ice floe till daybreak the rate of progress was now very slow and for days together the ships were moored between the shore and the icebergs one day seven men went ashore to hunt the deer when they did not return at night the officers became alarmed for their safety and men were sent out to look for them the search party lost themselves in a snowstorm and only found their way back in a most exhausted condition late at night by seeing the signal rockets of the ships on the following day a flagstaff was erected on the highest part of land and a large ensign hoisted to serve as a guide to the lost men search parties were also sent out in all directions 
and pikes bearing small flags were stuck into the ground at certain distances while to each pike a bottle was fastened containing instructions what to do on the third day four of the men guided by the flagstaff succeeded in reaching the ships and shortly afterwards the other three were discovered and brought in they had all suffered much from cold and fatigue and some of them were severely frostbitten then says parry in humble gratitude to god for this signal act of mercy we distinguish the headland to the westward of the ships by the name of cape providence unable to find a safe anchorage parry decided to run back to melville island and on the twenty fourth of september they sailed into a bay which they had previously visited here they cut a canal through the ice by means of ice saws and two days later the ships were anchored a cable's length from the beach where they intended to remain during the winter the preparations made by parry were so thorough for the maintenance of good order and cleanliness for the preservation of the health of the crews and for the careful use of the stores that he proved himself to be one of the most capable officers ever entrusted with so difficult an expedition in the matter of food and clothing and exercise rules were made and rigidly enforced for parry knew only too well that it was easier to prevent the men from falling sick than to restore them to health he was also careful to retain the confidence of all by his instructions that not in a single instance should the officers food be larger in quantity or better in quality than that given to the men knowing also how much cheerfulness promotes health he entered heartily into a variety of plans for their amusement and in the plays which were performed he was one of the actors a weekly newspaper called the north georgia gazette and winter chronicle was established to prevent any of the men from being lost when out hunting finger posts were erected on all the hills round about the harbour on the fourth of november the sun set and was not again seen for ninety-six days and it was during this period of darkness that parry found the greatest difficulty in keeping his men sufficiently employed in work exercise and amusements christmas day the first spent by a body of englishmen in the arctic regions was celebrated in a thoroughly old-fashioned manner an extra allowance of rations was given out and while everyone tried to add to the general enjoyment they did not forget the friends at home the cold during the winter was intense and frostbites were very common among the men yet beyond a slight cold none of them suffered from any lung complaint the air was so clear that talking or singing in an ordinary tone of voice 
could be heard more than a mile away at length the sun again appeared to the great joy of the men and during the month of march the sky scenery was of the most magnificent description in june parry made an exploration into the interior of the island and was away for several days in july the melting of the ice was so rapid that before the end of the month the two vessels were once more riding at anchor on the first of august the ice broke up and the heckler and the gripper sailed out of their winter harbour where they had been detained for ten months to his great regret parry was obliged to give up the idea of proceeding farther westward and made the best of his way home reaching england on the twenty ninth of october eighteen twenty after an absence of nearly eighteen months End of chapter five